Grab a cuppa and take a seat. This is the Disability Podcast. Okay, um, welcome back to the Disability Podcast. Joining me, Bethany, is Stephen and Zoe. This week, we are talking to our very own Cameron about her experience with PCOS. So let's kick things off. Could you maybe talk a bit about how you were first diagnosed? Because I know like it's quite difficult to sometimes get that diagnosis. So did it take like a long time to get to that point? Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of to start off, I it's been a maybe 11 year or more journey trying to figure out um, that I had PCOS. I got diagnosed in August of 2020. So I've only been diagnosed for the last five months. Um, and yeah, I it basically started when I first got my period. I was 11 and they were super painful. And it was to the point where I was like almost blacking out. I had to leave school. There were weeks where, you know, during my or days during my period where I couldn't go to school because it was so painful. Um, and I originally got diagnosed with PMDD, so it's a premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is basically just really bad PMS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then um, I was also a competitive swimmer at this time, so um, my hormones were all out of whack. They kind of threw me on birth control. So for most of my growing up in high school, I was on birth control to kind of help with this PMDD. Um And then in college, I went off birth control for like um, reasons for like mental health. Um, It made me because one of the side effects is it can make you suicidal um, and it made me uh, suicidal. So I um, went off that and then all through college, I was having just really, really bad symptoms. And I was vegan at the time and I wasn't exercising as much and it just got super bad. And it was to the point where it was odd too, because I would go every year to get checked up and go to a gynecologist and they were like, Oh, it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. But within the last year, it was very much like hormones were crazy, really bad periods, all this stuff. Um, and then I finally got diagnosed in August. They did an ultrasound and I kind of had to really push them for an ultrasound because they're what I want to touch on later is a lot about how women's illnesses and diagnoses are, are often overlooked and often not taken as seriously. Definitely. And definitely, yeah. And I really had to push them to get and give me an ultrasound and they're like, okay, we'll do it. They did it. And I remember the gynecologist saying it so clearly. She's like the amount of, cysts you have on your ovaries is concerning and the uh, chances of getting pregnant is less than 10% and for her to say that to me like was relieving but at the same time it's like I could have gotten relief so much quicker if Mm. I if I like knew this or they just took it more seriously so yeah sorry that's a long-winded answer but yeah in regards to the cysts that they found from the ultrasounds um did they like laser them off or were there like any other sort of treatment options that they offered you at all? Yeah. So basically like to kind of like discuss like what PCOS is. So, um, so it 
affects the women's ovaries and it's so the ovaries produce like estrogen and progesterone um and it helps like regulate your menstrual cycle and the problem is with these cysts um they're like unfertilized eggs so what happens during menstrual cycle is that they go from they go down the fallopian tubes and um you know leave during your period but the thing was is these eggs were not releasing during ovulation for me so they were building up on my ovaries and that those cause cysts um and those can become inflamed and um basically sometimes during my ovulation I can feel them like bursting Mm -hmm. um and it's super painful. Um, but the problem is with that and the buildup of the eggs is it's very hard for you to conceive. Um, and there's there are procedures where you can kind of like, this is more for endometriosis, but they can kind of like scrape it out. Um, but most of the time with these eggs, they cannot. So what I, I was put on birth control again. It's a different kind of mm-hmm. formula. But what this does, it helps me ovulate because I was basically not ovulating and releasing these eggs. So birth control stops you from ovulating, thus stopping you from making more eggs. Sometimes they dissolve, but normally some women it goes away on its own. But normally sometimes they kind of stick around. But I'm not too sure. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know for sure. One question that I had for you um, was because I think I could potentially have endometriosis. So... Do you know what the main differences between PCOS and endometriosis are? And do you know if they can often kind of be mistaken for one another? Oh, definitely. Like one in 10 women are diagnosed with PCOS. Um, but most of the times it's often misdiagnosed because they are similar kind of side effects. So PCOS is a syndrome and uh, endometriosis is a disorder. So so endometriosis, there is like um, tissue that normally lines the inside of your uterus. Uh, I think it's like the endometrium. And that's basically when that tissue grows outside your uterus. And it can involve your ovaries, your fallopian tubes, and um, the tissue lining your pelvis. So that causes like inflammation and severe pain. And I've noted, uh, there's been noted with some women, they like could have this tissue in their nose. And then during the time of their month, there's like nose pain. Um, and that can be more treated with like um, different kinds of medications and surgery. Some people like, again, have that scraping. So they kind of scrape out this lining. Mm-hmm. Um, and PCOS, there's different kinds. So there's like, inflammatory there's um insulin resistance which is the one that i have um because 50 percent of women with pcos end up getting type 2 diabetes wow so yeah so there's a lot of care involved with making sure you this insulin resistance doesn't go into diabetes so i you know there's different things you can do to to help out with that I think to make sure um, it's either endometriosis or PCOS, uh, get an ultrasound because you can see if there's like cysts on your ovaries and all of that stuff. So I, I would go to your doctor for that. Uh, 
Um, I was just gonna say, so yeah, I was looking up PCOS as well, and I know a little bit about it because some of my friends have it. And obviously it has like physical body effects, like stuff like growing more hair, and I don't know if that's happened to you, but do you think that it has caused a physical difference that maybe has affected your confidence or is just having the diagnosis enough to just make you like, yeah, it's all cool? Yeah, for symptoms, um, it was weird because there's like you have to mate two out of the three to be diagnosed so I never had irregular periods um but I did have the symptoms of I had excess hair growth um and I never really had acne because that's one of the symptoms or like hair loss but I had a lot of hair growth um growing up so just being a swimmer I had to shave constantly but also like like pluck chin hairs and I'm like I only heard about that like when you're like 40 and dealing with menopause I'm like why am I 15 like plucking out chin hairs like this is ridiculous and then also like the ovarian cysts are another indicator of you having PCOS so if you have the two out of the three but I think the biggest thing that really shocked me was how literally crazy I felt I for lack of a better word is certain times of the months when my hormones were out of control. So the basis of my diagnosis was making sure my hormones were okay. I was eating so much. I was crying all the time and I'm one for the dramatics, but this was like to another level. Um, And they originally diagnosed me with like depression and anxiety, which I also have, but it felt more than that. It felt something I, that was not, situational I guess um it felt like more and then doing the hormones and like um another thing you can do is like cut uh things that are inflammatory so caffeine alcohol gluten dairy um and things that spike kind of insulin so processed sugars that helped a lot but it it was weird because everyone always says you know uh, because another big factor is gaining weight and obesity is huge with women in P- that have PCOS and mm. they're always like work out and eat less but that really fucked up my insulin and mm. I-, I was eating like 1200 calories and doing intermittent fasting and all of these things and working out like cycling every morning and I felt like I was hit by a truck because mm. of this insulin and I'm like what's mm. I'm not I'm gaining weight like what's the problem and I realized that like some calorie restriction and for me personally calorie restriction and these workouts that raised my cortisol levels um triggered this kind of flight or fight in my PCOS and now that I've been kind of eating whatever calories and then going for like walks or things that don't raise cortisol like I've lost 10 pounds so it's a weird it's weird how the the education of PCOS is more in terms of, oh, just lose that weight if you're insecure and not telling you the correct steps to to do that. Do you think you received quite a bit of misinformation in this whole process? Or just um, information that was left out? Because I know with my diagnosis, it took me so long to find out all of these things that were related to Mm -hmm. having epilepsy, which they just never told me about. So... I guess that's kind of what you were describing, but did that happen a lot or was it kind of only with that one thing? 
I think if I just took what my doctor said at face value, I would be up Shit's Creek. I, I, I and not mm-hmm. to not to discredit doctors and obviously I got many opinions. This wasn't the first opinion of one doctor. It was the second, third, fourth opinion. But I think the problem is if you don't do your own research. And I think I needed to do my own research and experiment Mm. and see how this worked or how this, you know, food reacted for me or this exercise. Um, But I was kind of upset in general how the lack of research and information um, that was even given to the doctors. So it's not even the the doctor's fault, but the fact that there's been studies that have been done 50 years ago that they're still giving out is information that has been known to either not work or there are new things out there. It's not just giving them birth control and metformin, which is for diabetes um, to control it. And then, go come back to them when you're ready to have a kid that's the thing it's not like it's like okay but what do I do in the meantime or what happens if I don't want kids like I I I don't want to just be taking medication for my whole life and not you know feeling good the whole time if 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 that answers your question yeah definitely I was just gonna say it's crazy how they um kind of dismiss you because I spoke to the doctors recently because my periods have just been completely getting out of control um to the point where I like lost a lot of blood and it was quite dangerous um and I spoke to the doctor and she was like oh have you uh, done finished having children and all of that and I was like no I'm still really young like why is that even a thing that you would be like oh have you had kids kind of thing like I felt like she was gonna be like so let's take your uterus out and I was like no like they seem to just yeah. kind of as well be really like let's just put you on the pill and let's yeah. do these like short-term things which just delays the the bigger picture mm. so do you think that like doctors kind of just is it that lack of like knowledge and like specialism because you mentioned you see like gynecologists um is it better when you've had experiences with them as opposed to like sort of like your normal GP because I know in the UK you'd have to be third but is that different in the US or were you actually diagnosed in the UK? Yeah so I was diagnosed in the US when I was home for the summer um so usually when I go home for the summer I do like all the checkups and fun (laughs) things um but normally the GPs in America they do like a quick pelvic exam once a year but it's because I had previous issues my mom suggested hey let's start getting you know these pap smears and these ultrasounds early because um she had problems growing up and our my grandmother had problems so it it was more of a situational thing um but yeah what was upsetting to me is that people are like you know I haven't gone to the doctor in in 20 years and then they have these problems and I'm like, okay, well maybe we should have gone in 20 years. (laughs) But (laughs) the fact that I went every year and it was like the kind of the same discussion, like, Oh, this is happening. This is happening. And then in this last year, they're like the amount of cysts you have. And, and this is really concerning and almost like, not that it was my fault, but like 
almost like what could have happened in a year that made this all be different mm-hmm. and why hasn't there been like a progression or like this tracking of it that so that kind of made me upset but I don't think that was anything yeah. the doctors could have done differently you know I think that though is is a very common thing I think that the older I've got as well I just feel like it's so hard to get like continuity of care and that mm. feeling that you you think somebody is is you know keeping an eye on you you know making sure that this thing is under control and I think it's only been times whenever I felt like I've had somebody above and beyond that you suddenly go hold on should the rest of them have all been you know being so thorough and you know uh, that kind of thing kind of a little bit on that I was going to ask you Cameron because obviously I did a little bit of lazy man you know research on this Mm. um just before we started recording so um excuse my ignorance for not if I if I or or definitely correct me if I get anything wrong but I was gonna ask you um I was seeing the stuff that was my my diabetic ears pricked up when I was seeing all the stuff that was talking about insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes and stuff from my quick cheat note research there I noticed that a lot of it said that potentially that the origins of the condition are a bit unknown um and obviously you know with me and the diabetes there's still um a lot of theories on where where it originates from but not nothing really conclusive is it true to say that that's the same for for this and and i guess i was gonna ask if that is the case how how does that make you feel because i suppose there's that whole thing of you know why me i suppose is, is maybe the question yeah it's so frustrating like it, it, like how did this happen and them being like well your guess is as good as mine <laughs> so yeah exactly and I, I again kind of like touching on women's health a lot of studies mm. have not been like the birth control pill has been the same since the 60s or whenever it was made mm. and you know yes there's been new advancements and stuff like that but the the medicine has has tended to be the same and i feel like there needs to be more research putting in into women's health not just for procreation and I think that's makes me the most upset because I don't want to have children and Mm. the fact that you know I I wanted originally to just take everything out because I know that this would be kind of like an issue for me until I hit menopause and what would that even look like you know (laughs) if, if this is an issue now and for my doctor I've had many doctors say this to say hey, let's just wait until you're 30 or let's just wait until you have a kid for this to to talk about this. And the amount of research I've done where, you know, women have had to fight to say, hey, no, I don't want children. Like, get get this out of me. Like, it has to be literally life or death for them to do it. And it's frustrating for me because it's like, okay, how much pain do I need to be under for you to take me seriously? And then the whole um, statement of, well, you may change your mind. I'm like, well, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. And and if I do, there are so many other options for me. And so, yeah, it's frustrating because that link of, you know, where it comes from and then what they do to – uh, remedy that and also to preserve this like womanhood kind of thing is it is frustrating so yeah. yeah from what bethany was saying as well you know how they were saying like oh are you done having kids and stuff like that it just sounds so 
baby centric mm -hmm. like this idea that you know Cameron that they're saying mm -hmm. to you oh just don't do it yet like the idea that I don't know that it's just so natural that it will kick in and you'll want to do it. whereas I feel if a man went and said oh I want to get a vasectomy they wouldn't question them twice it must be frustrating how baby centric this is because Bethany you were saying as well to you that they were like oh are you done having children and I feel like it's just this annoying assumption and Cameron you know you were saying that they just wouldn't let you do it because maybe one day you'd want children. Whereas I feel like if a man was just like, I want to get a vasectomy, mm. I don't think there would be the whole, oh, but you might want to have children. I don't know. Yeah, or <laughs> if my arm was going to fall off. They're like, but are you sure you don't want the arm for later? Like, <laughs> yeah. And it almost makes me feel like my body is not mine. My mm. body is for... Uh, production it's for a means to the end it's for the economy it's for you know whatever else so it, that that's what was the most frustrating and kind of yeah it's not rooted in anything concrete of like this causes this so finding you know it's so great all of these forums on reddit and like I'll recommend some podcasts at the end that have been really great and they're like listen like try these things like cutting gluten, cutting sugar, using these like, um, yes. like berberine and like probiotics and fish oil and all of this stuff to help. And it really has been helping. I, I did, I, I was, had the privilege enough to see a homeopathic person um, for like a session. And she gave me a lot of insight into help with PCOS, but still, it's still, it's not like this will be a cure-all you know so it must be so frustrating yeah. though because like how you were saying you just don't have any control over your own body mm. and doctors just don't listen to what you want and surely it should be that like personal choice and that mm. decision that you've kind of had um mm. do you think that maybe like in schools um they should offer like a better understanding or knowledge of like female health and kind of start a lot earlier on because I know my experience with like sex education was really quite basic and it didn't even really go into mm. details of like what different periods could be like or like it's all just focused around babies like that's what anyone cares mm. about so do you think maybe it should start there and then like filter down or I don't know I, I think you raise a great point a hundred percent I mean my mentality of of periods was like oh like from school was like oh you'll get some cramps and you'll be like you'll like chocolate and you'll be a little more upset yeah. and I'm like okay and then I'm like hunched over <laughs> wanting to pass out like yeah. and it, it was to a point where I could not feel from the waist down it was numb from the amount of cramping I had and I'm like this ain't normal wow. <laughs> I'm like and the fact that it, it also isn't talked about much with women, mm. it's more like a, you know, this, this is painful, this hurts. And then it's kind of brushed off like a, oh, well, you know, periods and, mm. and, but like, and it's great too. Once I got this diagnosis, like what you were saying, Bethany, a lot of my friends came to me and they're like, I think I may have this too. Like the, <laughs> like from what you've yeah. been telling me and then now this diagnosis you have, I may mm have the same thing and I think th there needs to be more transparency especially in schools of like 
this is not normal and like you need to see a doctor for this <laughs> you know so yeah yeah yeah, I think definitely with the sex education thing, because when I left school, you know, what I knew is that men ejaculated and they enjoyed it and women bled and it hurt and it made you grumpy. So it must have been so confusing, you know, they're saying that to you and you're getting this pain and you'll probably, I don't mm -hmm. know if you at first you were just like, oh, this is what they told me mm -hmm. was going to happen, that it was going to hurt. But then I guess you would have the comparison of other people. But it's just annoying. I feel like, so I could go on about the sex education programs forever, but yeah. it's stuff like I think that it really does make when it's not described, like you were saying, different kinds of periods or this word's always gross, but different kinds of discharge and stuff, you know, yeah. they don't tell you about. So no. one day you look at your pads and you're like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? I am a freak. Yeah. And yeah. I just feel like it's the yeah, the like teaching around the vulva and vagina and womb and stuff it's just not there and that must have just been so frustrating for you to not understand what was going on yeah and just the dismissal of also the hormonal issues and and like feeling un un like unhinged almost mm. and how that's not normal and it's not just like a normal like weepy hormones but something more intense and that can also be misdiagnosed as like depression and I was put on also um like Prozac and stuff and that that made it worse because it wasn't it wasn't a serotonin problem it was a hormonal problem yeah. and I could also be wrong but like that's what happened for me and and just many things that could be misdiagnosed like the endometriosis versus like a PCOS and and also just the, the thought of PCOS is the, you know, you'll gain a lot of weight and you can't have kids and, and you'll have hair. And it's like, oh, cool. So mm. it's a problem because it's not pleasing to other people, right? It's like, mm. oh, like your biggest problem is you're overweight. Well, let's fix that so you'll feel better about yourself. And it's like, okay, but wait, there's more than just like mm. being mm. overweight and, 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 you know, things that aren't considered... Uh, I don't know if that sounds bad, but like a commodity, right? You're not yeah, yeah. pleasing to then reproduce and to then, you know, benefit society. And it's like, yeah, but there's so much more than that. It's that insulin resistance. It's that unbeing able, like there were times when I had a loaf of bread and I had to lie down for the rest of the afternoon, you know, because mm. so, so yeah, it, it's like, okay, but there's more than just, the women's physical attributes that are problems with this this, this um, syndrome well on that I was actually going to ask you because again you know you're talking to Mr. Ignorant over here <laughs> um, if there could, could you maybe give us like what day-to-day -day effects or repercussions there might be or maybe day-to-day is not right because I suppose everybody has a different day-by-day -day, but I would imagine that a lot of what you've described the effects of it are potential longer-term things if I don't know if things complicate or whatever, but I, I'm just wondering on your your day to day, in what way would you feel the effects of of the condition? Yeah, well, before so I'm on birth control now, and that's been helping a lot. Right. Um, and I know there's that whole like I don't want to be on it for the rest of my life, mm. um, but like I'm glad I am because it does help. But I'll I'll kind of do pre and post, but 
usually I take it by week. So it is, my life is kind of centered around my menstrual cycle. So there are weeks where I'm like, let's climb a building and like, let's run Mm. and like, let's get all of this shit done. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it's great. And like, I don't, you know, I don't do caffeine, but like, I feel like I'm on caffeine all the time and, and I'm not very hungry and I, it's great. And then there are some weeks where I sleep for 12 hours and, oh, and then that previous week when I'm like really um, energized, I maybe sleep for five hours and I'm fine. And then some Mm. weeks it's like 12 hours and then I just can't get up out of bed. I crave the crappiest of foods and I'm very emotional and, um, and definitely too, when I eat the foods, I kind of am in this daze so I can really tell when my blood sugar is spiking. So there are some weeks where I can eat a whole cake and I'm fine. And then there's other weeks where if I eat a piece of cake, it's definitely like takes a toll. And Mm. so supplementing with like good medication, like I take fish oil and then some supplements for, to make sure my insulin sensitivity is like regulated. Um, Yeah. So it's just kind of feeling each week and waking up each day and being like, okay, if this is a good day, this is what I need to do. And right. yeah, but, but some women are different there. They can, it was hard to being a competitive swimmer of like, why am I tired all the time? It's like these, yeah. these exercises were for, did raise my insulin resistance a lot. So I think I was working backwards. I'm working backwards now where I'm trying to repair all the damage I've done from mm. the heavy workouts, the really insane calorie restrictions and, yeah, so it's like this recovery kind of period. Of, yeah. Of it. it must be very frustrating doing so much to try and improve your body and then finding out that it's actually causing more damage. Yeah, because some weeks I'm like, I just want to have a fucking glass of wine. But like, <laughs> but like, how much is this going to affect me? And I mean, like, and then also like, p- other people t- taking it seriously and like, not just like oh it's like a like a woman's thing like or yeah. like like me being like you know I cannot have caffeine I cannot have chocolate like in a serious way um that that can be hard so yeah it's making people really and myself be like listen I know you want cake right now but this like <laughs> future future Cameron yeah. will not be happy with you <laughs> <laughs> Well, Cameron, I was going to ask, we all know my favorite question is always about um, the myths and the misconceptions and stuff. I mean, can you come on to that for us? Have you been aware of maybe ideas or or thinking on this being put across that you've kind of found is incredibly incorrect or just things that people get wrong or any any displays in the media or anything like that 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 you've kind of felt hasn't maybe told the story as it should be? (sighs) I think because it's so not talked about, I think that's the biggest problem is that it's only, it's kind of all grouped into, she just has bad periods. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that, and I think the fact of like, she's not just a hormonal woman, like she actually has a problem (laughs) regulating her, like her hormones. And it's like, that should not be a problem. And I, I think there needs to be a lot more 
sympathy and empathy for women in general and also in mm-hmm. in their health and the fact that uh, yeah I, I feel like there needs to be more research put into the the different types of diseases and ailments that women can go through um but I haven't seen anything in the media about this to be honest yeah. um but yeah yeah when you were growing up was it kind of was it weird because you'd be like oh I'm having a really bad like when you're talking with your friends and you're like I've got a really bad period at the moment and all of this and that like classic thing where they would always be like oh yeah so have I but you kind of like try and explain it even more like no it's really bad and kind of go into it did you kind of find that you would kind of dismiss the level of pain or like your symptoms because you think well maybe I'm just being like extra dramatic and it's like not like a problem maybe it's just like me thinking it's really bad did you kind of ever have that kind of feeling at all oh 100 percent. like even when I was like starting the blackout I'm like eh, I bet someone else has it worse like it's like th- but like that shouldn't have like I shouldn't have to like be in the doctor's office all day missing tests from school and 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 stuff like that I mean I did have a great support in the sense of like my mom understood and my friend's moms understood I remember one day my mom was at work so my mom's friend came and picked me up and and dropped me home because it was so bad so there was sympathy there but I think the biggest Mm -hmm issue was when I was on competitive swim team and all these girls were like really like we were swimming the same hours doing the same amount of dry land training and I was still a lot bigger than the girls on my swim team and I'm like why am I not like losing weight why am I not meeting these performance goals that they are Mm. and it was because it was because I was doing everything wrong I was like literally doing the opposite of what I should (laughs) um so yeah, I think it was the the years of just cluelessness, but you mm. know, the fact that I'm like, oh, I don't have that because with diagnosis as well, the biggest, I guess what you said, Stephen, before about misconceptions is with PCOS, people only think it's because you have irregular periods is because you have PCOS, not the other things that could be wrong mm. because I always had consistent periods and they were always on time. So they always kind of didn't realize it was could be PCOS. Are you aware of anyone in the celebrity world who um, suffers from this or has been vocal about suffering from it? It's also something I'm always curious about because you know me, I love my... <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there are a few, but I don't want to miss... Uh, quote anyone I know for sure um, and I really resonated with her because I also love her Uh, Daisy Ridley who was Rey in Star Wars yes 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 yeah was talking about her suffering from PCOS and she was doing all this training for Star Wars and she was just so tired all the time and and that that representation is so important and I Mm. that really made me feel better about it because yeah it's just like her being vocal is like yeah this kicked my butt more than it should and I'm I'm trying to deal with it and yeah yeah 
and yeah and she still does cool kick-ass things yeah. I'm like okay yeah. <laughs> i can do it too totally. So, yeah. totally. i remember reading um i think emma thompson mm. has pcos because i was listening to an interview with her and she was talking about how she had to have you know um, in vitro fertilization for her mm. daughter gaia because of it but yeah that's another famous name yeah and it looks like i'm searching it right now it looks like victoria beckham as well and yeah emma thompson um do you have any advice for listeners who think they may have pcos after listening um, to you speak about it yeah if okay so there are many things i mean obviously we have american listeners and also uk listeners and people from around the world so i don't know in terms of health systems what would be the most accessible for everyone i know planned parenthood in america i think has the option for screenings and checks i don't know for um like ultrasounds but if you can afford it and you can do it see a gynecologist as soon as possible and and demand an ultrasound like honestly I had to fight to get an ultrasound and I'm so glad I did so Mm. I think unfortunately there has to be a lot of self-advocacy to get to get the diagnosis you you need and if something feels wrong like you know your body more than anyone else if something feels wrong it probably is. And not saying it's the worst, you could just have PMDD. And then there's a lot of things that you can do to help that out. Or you could have endometriosis, but no one deserves to be in pain. And I think getting help as soon as possible, because you can also get prescriptions for it as well. I mean, as much as I love taking probiotics, sometimes you do need more intense things. So so yeah, that's my advice. Well, Cameron, thanks especially for being so open, and um, I think that's that's definitely what we're going for here. Is for people really talking about their own experiences and trying to give other people um, some ideas, and I suppose a little bit of hope doesn't do anybody <laughs> any harm. Um, you were mentioning before, is there is there maybe anything you wanted to uh, give out to the listeners in terms of links or sites or things that maybe if if people needed more information? Yeah, I mean, I would first do like. Reddit I love Reddit I know it's so controversial but like the PCOS Reddit is very good um and also PCOS.weightloss um on Instagram is very good and they also do a podcast and it's yes it's it's to help weight loss but it's also to help identify which kind of PCOS you may have because there are three to four types and then also, the PCOS Nutritionist podcast um, is amazing. So they bring on, or she brings on, um, like doctors and people in the field. And I think there were some Olympic athletes she brought on that had PCOS and like how they deal dealt with it. Um, so yeah, there there are many resources. I think just um, even typing PCOS in, in Google search can help you a lot. So yeah, those yeah. are some suggestions. Well, thank you very much for talking so openly, Cameron. I think you'll have helped a lot of listeners. Um, and kind of like with every topic we discuss, it's really nice for guests to be really open and to just share their own personal experiences. So thank you for talking about it. Thank you. This 
is the Disability Podcast. And we'll be back in a few weeks with another episode, so stay tuned for that. You've been listening to me, Bethany, Cameron, Stephen and Zoe. Bye! Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.